going to cut out a lot of stuff introductory wise. I come to Harry just getting up here and blessing the food continuing to get out of my sight. But. Uh, everybody, everybody whines about the last spot. And I understand that. But I'll tell you this. It's been a good week. God's good to us. I'm glad I've got a God that talks to me. Amen, brother. A God that's got something to say to my soul. Think about so many that worship false gods and idols and things. Never hear a word from their God. God talks to me. Creator of the universe. What a word is this, amen. One verse today, Galatians 2, verse 20. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, you know where we are this afternoon. Lord, you know what we need this afternoon. You've helped us each time that men have stood this week. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for stirring my heart. Give me that that I need to go another mile. God, remind me of your goodness and your love. Lord, for using your men. Thank you for these men of God that we've heard this week. Thank you for this church, this people. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to gather like we've done. I pray you'd help us this afternoon. Help us tonight. Be with us as we travel back. Put something in us, Lord. That go with us. Yeah. And help us along the journey. Thank you for Calvary. I love you. Because you first loved me. Yeah, Let's get in Jesus' name, God. Give me unction and help. Would you stand? Let's read this verse together this afternoon. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. For me. Ain't that good? You can be seated. I love the book of Galatians. A lot of reasons, of course, we think about it in its setting and what it was written for and who it was written to, those Believers who had been assailed upon by the Judaizers that were trying to convince them that Christ was not enough. 
Of course, we have the devil doing that to us. We have religion doing that to us. We have the world doing that to us. But I'm glad the Word of God reminds us that he is enough. And the problem that the Galatians had, as much as it was those without who were coming in upon them, was their own stinking rotten flesh that wanted to take credit, that wanted the glory, that wanted... The, to, to, to be considered as one that had merit to earn what God had given them. We have that tendency, don't we? Amen. Galatians takes our flesh and crushes it under the hammer of God's sufficient grace and love and mercy. And I love this book. Now that this book, this verse, is probably the one that's helped me the most down through the years. I'm crucified with Christ. Yes. Paul is talking of the crucified life. Now. It's a life this world's not interested in. This is a life that the Christian world's not interested in. Right. Crucifixion's not pleasant. It's not comfortable. It doesn't allow you to stay in a place where there's no contradiction to your desires and your wills, where there's no discomfort and no contrariness in your life. I'm telling you, the crucified life is a life that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. Right. Nobody ever went to a cross without some pain. and Nobody ever went to a cross without death. Right. What we're missing in this day <coughs> is people that are crucified with Christ. So look at this verse. There's just a few things I want to lift out, and I won't, t I won't keep you long this afternoon, but there's some things I want us to see. And some of this is just going to be a little bit of a summary of what we've heard throughout this week. Notice, first of all, the crucified life involves identification. That word's been used a couple of times. But I love this first phrase. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Let's say it like this. I am with Christ. I'm with Him. I don't know who you Galatians want to be with when you consider going back down and getting involved in your circumcision and doing your feasts and doing all. I don't know who you're with, but I'm with Him. I'm crucified with Christ. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I'm not my Savior. He's my Savior. I'm not following the Jews. I'm not following the Baptists. I'm not following this crowd or that. I'm following Him. I'm with Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, what identity we have. What we need in this day are crucified people who will look to the crucified Lord and look out upon this world and say, I'm with Him. I'm with the one that bled. I'm with the one that died. I'm with the one that's hated. I'm with the one that's demeaned. I'm with the one that this world looks at as an enemy and a problem. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. I've taken sides. I'm with him. Oh, we could go on to he's with me, but Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Thought about Jairus. 
the Lord had been on the other side of the sea and healed the Gadarene and his demons had been cast out and Jesus comes back across and they'd watched that storm in the midst. They'd watched it clear up all of a sudden. They knew what he'd done when he'd been there before. Jairus, with all of his clout, with all of his position, with all of the respect that he no doubt had gained from all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious world, there he was with a daughter laying on her deathbed. When the Lord Jesus got out of the boat and stepped upon the shore, Jairus hit his face. He didn't care who was looking. He didn't care what they thought. He knew that the help he needed could only come from one, and he was willing to identify with him. I'm with Christ this morning. Next, as I think about this crucified life, I see not only identification, but I see substitution. It's here, isn't it? I'm crucified with Christ. He says later in the verse, who loved me and gave himself for me. Think about his representation. I'm crucified with him. When he was crucified... I was crucified. Yes, I was on that cross, Brother Barney. Yes, in my living head, in my representative. I wasn't just on his mind, I was in him. Crucified with him, but it didn't end there, did it? No. I was buried with him. Three days later. I got up with him. Fifty days later, I ascended with him. And right now, though I stand here in the flesh, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm with Christ. Amen. He's my substitute. He's my representative. Everything happened to him happened to me. Everything he is in the sight of God, I am in him. Everything he's got, I've got. Crucified with Christ. I see his representation in this substitution. I see his reason. Who loved me. We've heard about that all week. He loved me. Thou shalt not, I had. 
Oh, brother. But he lived for me. Meeting every demand. Down to the letter. Pleasing his father in all things. He said, I do always those things which please the father. I think of that when I mess up down here when I see him. We feel that guilt and that comes back upon us. And I just have to be reminded, not only did he die for him, but he lived for me. He gave himself for me in life and in death. Substitution, identification, notice next, consecration. I see that in this verse. I'm crucified with Christ. In the fifth chapter of this epistle, in verse number 24, Paul writes, They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In chapter number 6, in verse 14, he says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Consecration in this verse. Yes. I'm crucified with Christ. This world is dead unto me. I'm dead unto this world. Romans 6 says in verses 5 and 6 For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this that our old man is crucified with him. Why? That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The crucified life is a consecrated life. We don't turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Right, man. And an excuse to do whatever, whenever, however. Right. We're consecrated unto Him. Amen. I see here in this verse, regeneration. Yes. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Yes, sir. I live this morning. Praise and God. you, happy, quicken. Who were dead in trespasses and in sin. But you've been raised to new life. And regenerated. I've received a birth. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Oh, there's regeneration here, isn't it? I live today. There was a time I could sit on a church pew. Preaching could happen, the worship could happen, the singing could happen, everything that's gone on here this week could happen, and I was numb to it, blind to it. I didn't feel nothing. I might have had a physical tingle here and there of an emotion or something like that, but I didn't have any spiritual sense of what was happening. Now I've been regenerated, born again into the family of God. I live, hallelujah. There's life that was not there. Nevertheless, I live. There's transformation, yet not I. Yet not I. I love this little phrase. Uh, one a lexicon gives it this definition. It means no longer or no further. 
I quit living when I started living. <laughs> My living ceased. His living started. Yet not I, but Christ liveth. transformation and what these Galatians needed was to know further no longer be trying to do the living they needed to start letting him do the living old things are passed away behold all things have become new that's him <laughs> That's him in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can't live it, brother. He dealt with it. This transformation takes us to the doctrine of preservation. It's right here. If he's doing the living, then I can't quit doing it because I'm not doing it. You really think you've made it this far? Do you think you have managed to keep yourself in the love of God and keep yourself saved? You haven't done that. You did not. You did not. If you could have lost it, you would have lost it. Probably on day one. I got saved on a Monday night. I wouldn't have made it to Tuesday. But I wasn't the one making it. He's been doing it. And I promise you this, he's got no intention of quitting doing it. Amen. 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 He's just going to keep doing it. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. We're kept by the power of God through faith. See, there it is. The life that I now live, I live by the faith. Faith. Of the Son of God. No, notice it's not just faith in the Son of God. Put that in your... Yeah, okay, that'll work. I looked at Barney, I knew he'd finish that for me. Put that in your casserole and bake it. I don't just have faith in him, I have faith of him. What are you talking about? How you reckon a fella It's not just a man who's God could leave heaven, take on flesh, lay down his life, commit himself to his father, allow himself to be subjected to death, Knowing that he's going to rise again. What do you reckon that was? I'll tell you what it was. Faith. You know Jesus had faith. He had faith in God. That's right. In the moment in time when you got saved, that same faith that our Lord had God gave that to you. Yes. 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 I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's 
what Jesus had. I mean, I think about it sometimes. Peter talked about it. We obtain like precious faith. That's good. I'm glad I got what Peter had. But Peter had what I've got. And we both got what Jesus had. Amen. <laughs> Ain't that good? How you going to quit believing? How? Can't do it. If you could, you would. Hush! <laughs> Brother Allen, that's the closest we're getting to shut up around here. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare tell you to shut up. You want to preach or you want You done preach 40 minutes, Brother Mark. <laughs> I've only been going 24. Our God is eternal in the heavens. Yes, he is, brother. God is eternal, and everything God does is eternal. And everything God has is eternal. His faith is eternal. If he's given that to me, how can that ever stop? How can it end? Thank you, Lord. Christ never quit believing. The faith of the Son. That's not me believing Abraham Lincoln was a president. That's not that kind of thing. But he was there, wasn't he? Faith of the Son of God. Listen, I don't care how many facts you've adhered to. I don't care what kind of acknowledgement you've made of the person of Christ. I want to know, do you have the faith of the Son of God that has had an impact on your living? That's preservation. That's the only way you can know you're headed to heaven. But lastly, and I'll finish, really the central hub of the theme and the thrust of the verse that we find in our context here is justification. Oh yes, I see here all these other things. I see identification, substitution, consecration, regeneration, transformations here, preservations here, but oh, justification is here. That's the point of Galatians. We're justified by faith. Not by our works. Faith. Justification. I am crucified with Christ. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And in verse 21 he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. That's not how it comes. Abraham believed God who was quoted, he was counted unto him for righteousness. But justification here, you've probably heard me remind you of this illustration before, Brother James Stewart in one of his books, he talks about the doctrine of justification. I've never heard anybody talk this. He was talking about as a child in Scotland, they still had public execution. 
When an individual had committed a crime worthy of death, they would publicly execute them before an audience early in the morning. And then by noontime, every business in the town would have a flyer on the door. It would have the name of that condemned criminal on it. It would say such and such was justified. It would give the time and the date and the crime. What that meant was that that particular criminal who had owed a debt to society and to the world and to the one that he had offended, his debt was paid. It was taken care of. Had he been able to go forward, he wouldn't have had to worry about a warrant for his arrest. He wouldn't have had to look over his shoulder and wonder if those that uh, had condemned him before would come back and get him again. No, the debt was paid. But he was dead. And he couldn't enjoy his freedom. He couldn't enjoy his absolution. But all in Christ. We that are justified. Our execution took place. And it did so publicly. Not in a corner. Their own Golgotha. Hey, 2,000 years ago, Brandon Harrell was justified. Hallelujah. Hey, of the sin of transgression against God. But nevertheless, I live. There is therefore now no condemnation. Thank God for the crucifixion. Amen. What a Savior. And what a salvation we have in Christ Jesus. Let's just keep all morning.